0: Thank you for being in with us in the Lord's house this morning. And we thank you for all of our guests that's here today. We appreciate you being in with us today. Luke chapter 1. Has everybody got your hand out? That wanted one All right. And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And which is this to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is he that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Verse 36, And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. This thought this morning, waiting for Christmas to come. Waiting for Christmas to come. Elijah, how about you praying? Amen, you'll be seated. If we as adults were to compare notes about Christmas, we would be somewhat different about our opinions. Some love Christmas. Some are Ebenezer Scrooge at Christmas. Some are excited, some get depressed. But we compare ourselves to children. We would all be much alike. But this idea, we just couldn't wait till Christmas come. Seems like it takes forever when you're a child for Christmas to come. We, as adults, we see a sign three days for Christmas and we go into panic mode. And children... They see three days to Christmas and they get more and more wired and more and more excited. I just wondered, how many of you children have been searching for your gift? (laughs) I love it. I can, they say, okay, now, how many parents and adults, because you're worse than the kids. I I love Jaden came in yesterday and he spent the with us. I mean Friday night. And he and the first thing he noticed, all the gifts under the tree and I looked at him I said, "Jaden, none of those are for you. They're all mine." <laughs> and uh so he just he got to looking at the names and and uh, it's amazing what he knows when he wants to know it. All right. And so, we find though, uh, for many, many generations, there had been a group of Jews waiting every single day for the arrival of the Messiah. Literally, they were waiting for Christmas to come. Surprise, surprise, He came. And what's amazing, most and it's, it's amazing. The majority of the people missed it. And that's strange until I think of our day. And the reality is in our day, the majority totally missed it. Oh, they go through the decorations. They put up the tree. And, uh, they do all the family things and that's good and and it's real good. But the reality is they totally miss Christmas. And, uh, the majority of that day just totally missed it. But there was two people that didn't miss it. To my knowledge, I have never preached on these two people in all the years. And her name was Zacharias and Elizabeth. I thought it interesting. Mary took Christmas to their house. You'd say, well, there was no tree. Christmas is not in a tree. There was no lights and decorations Christmas and no lights or decorations. One of the goals I have tonight, and it's going to be a little different because it's so real in my heart, the Christmas program. And I, I hope you'll come and invite as many people as you can because it will not be dramatic, they'll not be, they'll not be uh, entertaining, and it won't be comical per se, because the reality is that night was not, there was nothing funny about that night. Nothing was funny for Mary and Joseph, I assure you. Nothing was, there was nothing very comical about that. And so, tonight though, I want to share renewing the story and try to really drive home the truth of Christmas. But I thought it interesting that Mary, on getting news of what the Holy Ghost of God had done in her and through her, she runs to the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. See, Mary was suddenly alone. In a few days, she would have to join the real world. And what was she to do? I love this. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. I couldn't ever think I'm glad she had somewhere to go. I'm glad she had someone to talk to. I'm glad there was two people in the midst of all that was going on in God's great plan. And by the way, Zacharias and Elizabeth was brought into the great plan of God. Please hear me this morning if you don't hear anything else. God has a great plan for our lives. And regardless of what your life is spent doing, and you got a choice to do whatever you want to do with your life, it's your choice. But if you miss the plan of God, then no matter how successful you may be in this world, you'll die of failure. But no matter how many struggles you have in this world, if you die of fulfilling the plan of God, You'll be eternally, eternally successful. Elizabeth and Zacharias was brought into the plan of God. They got an opportunity. I love this. And Mary arose in those days and entered into that. And it came to pass. And spake. And blessed is she that believed. And Mary said, and... All the hands designate a separation of each statement from its neighbor so that due weight can be given to every statement individually. It emphasizes the divine nature of every one of Mary's actions that day. But here's the truth I want you to get. Why were they given a place in this story? Why did Christmas come to their house? Why did God choose them? We understand God could have chosen any home He wanted to. But why did He choose them? What was it about their life that made it to where God could say, man, I'm going to put... Zach and Liz, and my great plan. I'm going gonna, gonna to add them in. I'm going to put them in. What was it? Well, I'm glad that God's you no know, respect of persons. And what they had, you and I can have today. Let me give you three things and then we'll be done. Number one, why, why were they in the plan of God? Why did God allow them to be a part? Number one, they kept doing right. The Bible says, there was in the days of Herod. Well, preacher, well, I would do right, but you just don't understand the day we're living in. I'm I, pastor I would do right but you just you just don't understand the situation I'm in you don't understand my 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 life you just don't understand the world we're living in now. We would do right but I can not because of this. may I remind you Zacharias and Elizabeth did right in the days of Herod. What a contrast. Herod was king of Judah, but then alongside the name of Horus, God put Zacharias' name of the course of Abia. Notice the contrast. One was a, ma- a monster of iniquity. I've seen some this week. I said this last the other week, and I, I was wrong. Boy, I tell you, pays to read the Bible. I said that Herod ordered the death of all the little boys under two years of age, but that was not so. Herod ordered the death of all the children under two. Herod killed every little boy and every little girl under two years of age. Wow. I'd never seen that. I'd never seen that. One was a monster of iniquity, another a man of integrity, one was a vicious prince, the other was a virtuous priest, one was a man of extraordinary wickedness, other was a retiring godly old man. One of them hated God and the other loved God. One was a man who murdered, other was a gentle minister of the sanctuary. One man was of a descendant of Esau. The other was a descendant of Jacob, Esau's twin. One was a foreign-born uh, uh, usurper, and the other was a native-born Israeli, citizen of Israel. One was a member of a hostile race. The other was Levi, the tribe of Israel with his priest. One man gave Israel, a scorpion's nest of sons. Oh my goodness. The other gave Israel a son. One was Herod, king of Judah. The other was a priest named Zechariah. But notice, they both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Not sinless, but blameless. Notice number A. They were consistent. They did right. They just kept doing right. And they were consistent. And my, what a day it was. And they did this living off a promise that God had given 700 years earlier. In Isaiah 17, the Bible said, more of the Lord spake again than Ahaz said, I still have a sign of the Lord thy God asking you in the depth of the height thereof. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Here ye now, house of Israel, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. These people lived every day believing in that promise. Perhaps the critics around him said, you know, Jack and Liz, you're just taking this uh, religion thing too far. You're just going to go see on this religion. But every day they lived believing the promise. And then one day, praise the Lord, it came. Perhaps many were like Felix. She stood before Paul. And he said, Paul, Thou beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. What he was saying, Paul, you've gone crazy. Twice said, Paul, you've gone crazy on this religion thing. But notice what he said. I am not cra- or mad, but crazy, most noble Felix. But speak forth the words of truth and stubbornness Paul simply said, Felix, I'm not crazy. But well, I tell you this promise. Notice he did right consistently. This next year, as we, in, a, in a few days, we'll be in a brand new year. There's nothing greater than you can do than just to do right. Just keep doing right. Consistency. Second, notice the conflict. And they had no child. Because that Elizabeth was barren. Now, in our day, people don't have children on purpose. But in this culture, not to have a child was a stigma. The lady was looked down on. Praise the Lord! We can't say that around here. We got five more babies coming this year, next year. One guy here, we got five more. But in that day, it was a stigma. You were not, and and ladies, don't boo me out. Please don't boo me out. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say this, but it was always. It was always the woman's fault. (laughs) Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it ever give reference. And the woman was barren because of her husband. Nowhere. But all through the Bible, because Elizabeth was barren, it it was just considered. Now, that's not the truth, but that was uh, the way it was looked at in that time. That when, uh, when, when a man and a woman couldn't have children, it was her fault. And, and it was all, that was the way it was looked at. And, and she carried the stigma uh, of not having children. And then it gets worse. And they were both now well stricken in years. Now, I, I just got to love this. I, you just got to love this verse. Not only, not only, were they, she was barren, and I love the Bible. The Bible does two things for you ladies. It really does. Number one, the Bible protects your weight. You never hear of a fat woman in the Bible talks about fat men. We could all join that crowd, couldn't we? Amen. He never mentions a fat woman. Second, he's very gracious in describing, and they were both now well stricken in age. means this, they were old. Plain and simple. He was old and she was old. And uh, But in the midst of all of this, they kept doing right in the midst of the Herod, the days of Herod, in the midst of all that was going on around them, they kept doing right. You want God to bring Christmas to your house, keep doing right. keep doing right boys these uh there are times that a lot of things ain't right in our around our lives. I mean, they just kept going to church. I mean, when Sunday the preacher was off, the music was off, the Sunday school's lessons was off, everything was off. They just kept going to church. Why well, I tell you, when Wednesday night they just kept coming to Wednesday night service. They just kept coming to Sunday night service. They just kept doing, they just stayed consistency. And they just kept doing right in the midst of conflicts that came in their life. I wonder, I wonder how many God has given an opportunity to. The God of glory. Glory. The God that could use the... I wonder how many individuals that, that had an opportunity and was given talents and abilities and God moved their heart and spoke to them in a very real way and they pushed them away and they forfeited the great opportunities that God had them forever, for eternity. For the small prize of a temporal world wow I wonder how many we find that they never not only that they kept doing right number two notice they kept requesting God in prayer and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before the Lord in the order of his courts according to the custom of the priest's office his lot was to burn incense when he went to the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were playing without at the time of incense. They all had their priestly duties. But once a year, they would cast stones. And if a certain stone fell to you, you got the great privilege to serve for a two-week span in the holy place. Not the holy of holies. Only the high priest could go in there. But you got the privilege of lighting incense, making sure that everything's right, the bread's all placed on the table of show. You got to serve. And it was considered one of the greatest honors. Most priests never got the privilege of just one time in their lifetime. And the lot fell to Zacharias, And so he goes in to doing his duty, and while he's there, listen, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, He was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Now, before you boo him out, can I ask you a question? When's the last time you saw an angel standing somewhere? And if you did actually see an angel, would it scare you? Why, yes, it would. Yes, it would. I mean you would think it's Casper or something and it'd you to death. So we find that he was afraid. And I love this. But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, none notice, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. First thing the angel did, he hushed the mountain terror in the old man's heart. And he said, Zacharias, you and Elizabeth have been praying for a son for a long time. Matter of fact, he may have went into this holy place and said, Lord, Is it possible that you could bless me with a son? And no doubt they had prayed and they just kept praying. Who have you give up on? Why have you give up on them? Who are you praying for? Of family. If they died tonight, you ain't sure they'd go to heaven. Why is it we pray once and if God doesn't cut cartwheels before us, we quit? Are they not important enough? What's important enough to you? That every single day, you'll steal your way and say, God, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, my brothers, my sisters, my friends. They're lost. And God, please, please save them. God, please touch them. God save them. And they just keep, they just kept bombarding heaven. They just kept making a request known unto God. They said, we're just not going to quit. And the Bible says, and thy prayer is heard. Now God heard their prayer. By the way, he heard the first time they prayed. And by the way, God hears the first time you pray. And He knows exactly what the burden of your heart is. i got some uncles and family members. If they don't get saved, I'm not, I'm not here to pull punches. If they don't get saved, they're going to split hell wide open. It's just that simple. They're lost. There's nothing in their life that says they love God. Now listen to me. There's nothing in their life that says they, that they know God or they love God or they care anything about God. Nothing. And I'm telling you, we all are going to face eternity. We all going to face eternity. And when we know Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, it makes all the difference. He said... And Zachary and couldn't believe his ears. She's going to have a child. And he's going to be a boy. He's going to be a son. And you want me to call him John? John means Jehovah shows favor. Or God is gracious. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. Not only am I going to give you joy and have what what gifts what they were given when Christmas come to their house. They are joy and gladness. And he said, a whole bunch of people is going to rejoice and be glad at his birth. These words gapped a 400-year period of silence on God's part. And John would be the herald of the Messiah. Notice he said, and he describes how John would be. Notice his character. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall neither drink neither drink wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. What well, sounds like God's in charge. The hallmark of his life, from his conception to his execution, my Herod, would be a personal holiness, a moral authority, and a spiritual power. All that was birthed with a mom and dad who just did right. Notice his career. And me of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Then Zechariah says this, And you got to love this verse. Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and I love this. He doesn't call his wife the old woman. By the way, you do well not to call your wife the old woman. You probably do well. But he said, But I'm an old man, and my wife's well stricken in years. Now, that's a nice, sweet, well, and she's an old woman. Because she was old, just as old as she was. He says, Zechariah said to him, Notice what the angel said. I'm Gabriel. And I stand before the presence of a holy God. Now, whose way is going to be? You're Zechariah, and you're saying, I'm too old and she's too old. I'm Gabriel and I stand before the God of glory. Now whose way is going to win out? Who's going to get the right of way? You see, Zacharias, I love this. He was, uh, did right. He requested in prayer. But you see, when the conflict and moved into the realm of impossibility. See, there's some of you that others would look and say, "Nah, I just tell you, God's going to have to drop something from heaven for they ever get saved or ever do right. They've almost decided... You're an impossibility. Some of you have known family members that you've done decided an impossibility. And you've moved from requesting prayer to that unbelief has found a place in your heart. You say, I used to pray for them. I used to serve God. I used to have a walk with God. I used to have a prayer life. I used to love the Word of God. I used to I used to I used to What stole that from you? Did the devil bite with money? Why would it profit a man? He gained the whole world and lost his own soul. Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Satan loves, he wants to buy God's plan for your life. And he'll pay any price if he can steal it away. A man that that does our piano. Great man. He came to tune our piano, and he sat down and he said, Preacher, he said, I've wasted 30 years of my life. He played with a gospel group, run up and down the country, doing concerts with this gospel group, well-known group. If I name them, you know who they are. But he said, Preacher, I prostituted the gift and talents that God gave me to be used in my church. Thirty years later, at a great, great price, now I'm where I need to be And I'm using them for the rest of my life. I'm going to use my gifts and my talents for my church and for my pastor where God put me. And I've asked God to forgive me so often because I wasted, I prostituted, I prostituted the gift and talent that God gave me. See, here was Zacharias and... Elizabeth, and he's about ready to miss it because he's decided. (laughs) Really? I know you're an angel, but are you kidding? I'm an old man. And I'm telling you, she's an old woman. They just, ain't no way. And I love this. And behold, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. They stand in the presence of God. I I am sent to speak of thee and show thee these glad tidings. And behold, don't you listen to what happened here because I believe it's very important. I've never seen this till this week myself. And thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not the word, my words which shall be fulfilled in their season here's what he said he said because of your unbelief I'm going to take your words from you I'm going to take your voice now God may not make you dumb but you know what he can do? He didn't take your voice. There's some people in this church this morning, they come and talk to me. They come and talk to me. Their voice carries a lot of weight. If If they talk to me, I'm going to listen. George Brown said something to me, I'll listen intently. His voice carries a lot of weight with me. Because he's being consistent, he loves God and loves our church. But you know, you said here this morning, God can make you dumb, not not intellectually dumb. I mean, your voice dumb, Well you can't you, you speak, but your words don't carry weight. You're unbelief. Well, I tell you what, we could do this, but goats, but. We could do it, but, well, we could but. See, that word's of unbelief when you speak unbelief. So number three, keep remembering. Keep remembering to do right. Keep doing right. Keep remembering to keep requesting. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it come to pass, as soon as the days of administration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus saith the Lord dealt with me in the days whereon he looked on me and take away my reproach among men. And then whenever that baby boy was born, Zacharias was giving back his voice and says, His name shall be called John. But until, he, until that took place, Lord silenced his voice. May I remind you, keep doing right. How does Christmas come to your house? Keep doing right. And then Christmas came. Praise the Lord. And angel said, I Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called son of the highest. And Lord God shall give him the throne of David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. You see, you don't have to wait. Christmas can come to your heart this morning. Because after all, after all, Christmas came to their house and Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're here this morning, He wants to save you. And the greatest gift, the greatest gift that you'll ever receive can't be bought at Walmart, can't get it at Amazon, can't buy it over the internet. Matter of fact, you don't have to wrap it because it was wrapped that day for you. This morning, the greatest gift is Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Church, how's Christmas coming to you? Keep doing right. Keep requesting prayer and just keep remembering Because God always answers prayers. It's all standing to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.